1: Have great words to say People always have great words to say Some of us have Flowering words to say We talk a great game And you know what? We end up fooling everybody We end up fooling everybody Except God, of course They believe that we're righteous They believe that we're holy, that we're on fire for the Lord Woo! Praise God But the actions are completely The opposite David believed Saul was An honorable man When
0: you talk, a great Christian talk, but your life is wholly opposite, you're called a hypocrite from the watching world. Today, Pastor Dave will challenge you to live a life that is honorable and trustworthy. Let people believe the best in you for good reasons. You glorify God with your honesty and integrity. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 26. As he begins his message, Saul Plays the Fool.
1: You are sure If you want to turn into your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 26. 1 Samuel 26. Getting near the end of 1 Samuel. We come to a very familiar scene. Because it was just a couple chapters ago that we had a very similar event. A very similar event took place. There are those who have said... That chapter 26 is basically just an adaptation of chapter 24. In other words, it didn't really happen. But I discount that because God's word is true. And God would not put anything in there that did not happen. And if you look at chapter 26, you're going to see that there are many, many differences between chapter 26 and chapter 24. And as we read through the text, we're going to find out things like it's a different location altogether. Before, in chapter 24, they were in the cave of Engedi. And now, we see Saul actually in camp near the place called Hachala. And David's response to King Saul is totally different. In chapter 24, he cut off a part of the king's robe. And here, he takes his spear and his water jug. And David's words are even different in chapter 24 and chapter 26. In chapter 24, David only speaks to Saul. He only directly speaks to Saul. But in 26, he speaks both to Abner and Saul. So there are some differences here. And the second experience now that David is going to do is much more dangerous than the first. The first, he and his men were in a cave. And Saul entered the cave. But here, David is going to expose himself by going into the camp of Saul's army. He goes actually into their camp. Maybe it was David's experience with Nabal and Abigail that we studied last time that reassured him of his future as king. David was reassured that he would be king of Israel, and he was taught a valuable lesson about revenge with Nabal. Remember? He wanted to kill Nabal for disrespecting his men, disrespecting him. He wanted to take Nabal out. But he was stopped. And he did not. And the Lord blessed him. And I think there's a lesson here. And if we didn't say it last week, we should have, but we'll say it this week. We must remain ever teachable. We must always be willing and able to learn. And that means not just from the elders of the group. We must be able to accept from anyone who was born again Christian. We must be able to accept their counsel. David accepted the counsel of a woman, which back then was highly, highly unpopular. It didn't happen. But David accepted her counsel and basically followed it. So we must remain teachable, always growing in an admonition of the Lord. Never stop learning. I don't ever stop learning about the Lord. There's so much more that I can learn. So much things. And I can read these scriptures Time after time after time after time. And when I do, I get new revelation, new revelation, new revelation, because His Word is new every morning. And I can read it. I can read the same verse yesterday and get something different tomorrow as I read the verse as the Lord ministers to me through His Word. So we need to be ever in His Word. So we begin chapters 26, and we see some familiar faces reappear. Let's read verses 1 and 2. Now the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is David not hiding in the hill of Hachaliah, opposite Jerusalem? Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, having 3,000 chosen men of Israel with him to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. This is very deja vu. This is very deja vu. Once again, David is betrayed by the Ziphites. They betray him. They sell him out to Saul. It's like... I don't know, when I was reading this, it's almost like, you know, shame me once, shame on you. Shame me twice, shame on me. Why did he trust these guys? These guys sold him out the first time, and here they are selling him out again. They're selling him out to King Saul. They go tell Saul where he's hiding. And it's interesting. I did a small study on the Ziphites and where they came from. Do you remember when we looked at Nabal last week and we said that he came from Caleb? And it was kind of like he was, remember all the descriptors that were used? Surly, mean, and all that kind of stuff. And he said he was a dog because he came from the tribe of Caleb. Remember that? Well, guess where the Ziphites come from? Tribe of Caleb. They come from the tribe of Caleb. So they're kind of in that category too. But Caleb was under the tribe of Judah. They were under the tribe of Judah and they should have been loyal to David. Because David was of the tribe of Judah. They should have been loyal to him. Instead of King Saul, where was Saul from? Benjamin. Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin. These guys should have gave their loyalty to David instead of King Saul. But they betrayed him a second time. So Saul, not to be outdone this time, takes 3,000, and look at the words, chosen men. These guys must have been tough. They must have been bad boys. Took 3,000 of them down there to take care of David and his 600. That's a fair amount. 3,000, 600. That's, you know, why not? So they go down to the wilderness of Ziph. Why would David go back there? Why would David even go back to the wilderness of Ziph? He didn't have a very good time there the first time. Why did he go back there? Well, I can tell you why. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. And when the Bible's silent, guess what? we must be too. We can't surmise. We can guess and have fun guessing. But maybe the Lord was leading him once again. Maybe the Lord was testing him once again. And he wanted to continue his training, continue his preparation to become king. And guess what? We're in the waning chapters now, 1 Samuel, and David is getting ever closer to the kingship, to the crown. David's getting ever closer. The training is ramping up. The training seems to get harder and harder the closer David gets to the crown. And God had his hand upon David. He was preparing him for the crown. And there are those who think it was during this time, not the last time, as I had said, that David wrote Psalm 54. They think this was at this time when David wrote Psalm 54. It's a very short verse. We should read it. Talks a lot. It tells you a lot about David's heart. Psalm 54, look at these seven verses. First of all, you can read the introduction. It says, To the chief musician with string instruments, a contemplation of David, when the Ziphites went and said to Saul, Is David not hiding with us? Now, the with us is a little different than it was before. But listen to what David writes here. David writes these words. Save me, O God, by your name, and vindicate me by your strength. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers have risen up against me, and oppressors have sought my life. They have not set God before them. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life, and will repay my enemies for their evil. Cut them off in their in your youth. I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me out of all my trouble, and my eye has seen its desire upon my enemies. Many people believe that it was during this time that David penned these things. One commentator said this, here David was writing poetry to the Lord. It was inspired by the Lord. It was praising the Lord passionately, even while he was doing something that didn't make sense. David didn't know why he was back in the wilderness of Ziph, But he believed that the Lord had led him there. He didn't know why he was back there. It didn't make sense to him. So as we continue, we look at verses 3 and 4, and we notice that Saul arrives on the scene. And Saul encamped in the hill of Halakha, which is opposite Jerusalem, by the road. But David stayed in the wilderness, and he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness. David therefore sent out spies, and understood that Paul had indeed come. Saul arrives. David sends out spies to check out his army. The text gives the impression that David kind of thought that Saul wasn't with him. Why would David think that? Why would David get the inkling that Saul wasn't there? Well, because of chapter 24. Because of that great back back and forth they had in chapter 24, where Saul basically called him son, father. Remember that whole thing that they did? They talked to each other. So David might think, well, Saul's not here. Saul promised he wouldn't come and get me anymore. Saul's the king. He wouldn't go back on his word. Saul said he wasn't going to get me. So David sent out spies looking for him. Yeah. So much for promises, even made by kings. So much for promises. When I, when I read this, it struck me. It really struck me. People always have great words to say. People always have great words to say. Some of us have flowering words to say. We talk a great game. And you know what? We end up fooling everybody. We end up fooling everybody except God, of course. They believe that we're righteous. They believe that we're holy, that we're on fire for the Lord. Woo! Praise God! But the actions are completely the opposite. David believed Saul was an honorable man. David believed Saul was honorable. Saul had said, my son David! And he lamented, remember, and he cried, and oh my gosh, and all that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? The very first chance he had, here he is once again trying to get David. So his actions didn't match what he says. We're Christian. And we're our worst enemies to the outside world. When your actions don't match your talk, something's wrong. You better do a heart check. You better do a heart check. You better stand before the Lord and go, okay, Lord, you better be a David. Examine me to see if there's any wicked way in me. Because when your actions don't match what you're saying, people aren't going to listen to you. What are they going to call you? Hypocrite. i gonna call you the H-word, hypocrite. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the Lord keeps David safe. Even in Psalm 18, verse 17. David wrote about this in Psalm 18:17. Listen to what he writes. Speaking of God. He delivered me from my strong enemy from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. I love that. God delighted in David. Remember, he called, he'll call him a man after his own heart. He delighted in David. He had delighted in David. And in many of these Psalms, David says, I'm drowning. I mean, read some of these psalms. David says, Lord, I'm drowning here. The water is up to my neck. I'm going under for the third time. I need your help. But his strong hand of God pulled David out of those waters. Pulled David out of those waters. And David knew that his enemies were too strong for him. But he also knew that God was stronger yet. We face enemies every single day. You face enemies every single day in your workplace, In your homes, in your schools, wherever you might go, you face enemies. Oh, they may not be people out to get you or to kill you, but they're enemies nevertheless. They're enemies that come to you. They could come in the form of a problem, a circumstance, some sort of a difficulty in your life. We have things. Sometimes you might feel like you're drowning in water and you're trying to stay on your tiptoes, trying to keep your head above water. God will deliver you out of those things because God delights in you. God delights in you. Say that. God delights in me. Now believe it. Now believe it. God delights in you. He delights in you. And He's going to pull you out. And you know, you read the Psalms and you read David's Psalms, and David says, And God saved me out of some of my troubles. Uh, Yeah, thank you. All of my troubles. And as we usually do, we use the Hebrew and Greek words. And in the Hebrew, the word all means all. Everyone. Everyone. David knew that he had a strong enemy against him. But his confidence was not in his own self. His confidence was in the 600 men. His confidence was in God. And that should be a lesson to us. Regardless of what battle you're fighting, what enemy is befalling you, and I don't know, relationship, financial, work, whatever it is, whatever thing is befalling you, God is bigger. God is greater, and he will deliver you out of it. God is bigger. We can sing what what VeggieTales sing. God is bigger than the boogeyman. We need this kind of confidence, folks. We need this kind of confidence, especially during a trial and during a testing. We need a confidence that God will deliver us. It's just a matter of time. There's the problem. It's God's time, not our time. God will deliver you when he's done testing you. Or the trial is over. He will deliver you when it's his plan to deliver you. God has a plan for your life. We need to be confident in that. And he's working everything out together for good, even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of testings. God is ever on the throne. He has not abdicated. He's still there. When you have a major trial in your life, guess what? God doesn't change. Same yesterday, today, forever. Praise God. Although Saul... Threw spears at David at least two times that it says in Scripture. Saul caused him many problems. He showed contempt and hatred towards David. David still somehow wanted to believe the best in Saul. I love that about David. He wanted to see something good in Saul. He wanted to see something good in Saul. But David was a wise leader. He doesn't jeopardize all his men needlessly. So he takes matters into his own hand and says, I'm going to go. Now we're going to read verses 5 through 12. So David arose and came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where Saul lay, and Abner, the son of Ner, the commander of his army. Now Saul lay within the camp, but the people encamped all around him. Then David answered and said to Ahimelech, the Hittite, and Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, Zeruiah, yeah, that guy, brother of Joab, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and there Saul lay sleeping within the camp, with his spear stuck in the ground by his head, and Abner and the people lay all around him. Then Abishai said to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hand this day. Now, therefore, please, let me strike him at once with the spear right to the earth, and I will not have to strike him a second time. David said to Abishai, do not destroy him, for who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said, furthermore, as the Lord lives, the Lord shall strike him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall go out the battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's at night. But please take now the spear and the jug of water that are by his head and let us go. So David took the spear and the jug, where it by Saul's head, and they got away. And no man saw or knew about it or awoke. Why? For they were all asleep, because a deep sleep came from the Lord had fallen upon them. <laughs> it's great stuff, man. So we see boldness of David. We see two things, boldness of David, and we see leadership skills. One commentator said this, David was a true leader. He never says, go. He says, let's go. See the difference? David was always wasn't, didn't want his men to do anything that he wasn't ready to do. David didn't want his men to do anything that he wasn't ready to do. A good leader must be able to do that, which he asked others to do. He has to do it first. The Lord must have wanted David in that camp that night because he puts this deep sleep on Abner. Abner and the gang are fast asleep. And Saul. Now, what went through David's mind when he saw the king's spear sitting there next to his head? I recognize that. Missed my head by that much several times. Yeah. How many times did Saul throw it at him? We know at least two. How tempting would it have been for David? How tempting would it have been for you that your problem is lying there? Whatever problem the Lord has befallen you with, your pl- problem is lying right there in front of you. And all you have to do is take a spear and go, yee, 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 and your problems will be gone. All your problems will be gone. Come on now, don't tell me you won't be tempted. Don't tell me you wouldn't get rid of your problems that way. Your financial stings are, all your financial problems are lying before you. And all you got to do is take the spear and go, yeah, 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 and all your financial problems are gone. Relationship problems. Oh, it's gone. Everything's gone. Come on. Don't tell me you wouldn't be tempted. Don't tell me you wouldn't be tempted. I believe we all would be tempted. We'd be a fool to say we wouldn't. Not I. Okay, you'd be the first one with the spear in your hand. Ran through David's mind. It had to run through David's mind. How many chances am I going to get to kill this guy, Lord? Once again, one of David's men, Abishai, said, Let me get him, Lord. I'll take care of him. Let me get him. I'll put holes in him, and they will drink water and sprout. I'll take care of this guy. Let's kill this guy and get on with our lives. Let's kill this guy and let's get back to living. I miss my wife. I miss my kids. Let's go. If he had a chance, he'd kill you. Sounds logical, doesn't it? Abishai points out that this was not an accident. They were in tent, in Kazal's tent, and it was designed by God. And he's right. It was designed by God. God made them all go to sleep. God had this deep sleep come on. It was designed to see if David would take a righteous vengeance upon Saul. So he thought Abishai would make it easy for David. Come on, David, let me. Nobody will know. You can leave here going, Abishai killed him. I didn't have anything to do with it. You would be innocent. David said no. 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 You know, sometimes testing can come from the unlikeliest forms, including a beloved friend. Sometimes testing can come from a beloved friend. Abishai really wasn't wrong. Saul had hunted them down. Saul had disrupted their lives. Saul had been on their back for days and days and years and years. David wanted to get rid of Saul, but David wasn't about to do. He did not. He wanted to get rid of the horrible circumstances, but David said, No, don't kill the king. Not only that, but David had confidence that the Lord would take care of the king. The Lord would kill him in due time. The Lord would kill him when the time came. It wasn't up to David when Saul died. It was up to God. I love that about David. I love that about David. Once again, we see one of David's men looking at Saul and seeing the enemy. David looks at Saul and sees the anointed of God. I won't touch the anointed of God. I won't touch him. Remember how David mourned? When he just cut off the hem of his robe. Remember when he cut off that little piece of his robe in chapter 24? How he left and he mourned for that. He was so upset because he did that to one of God's anointed. He was so upset. This time he doesn't touch him at all. He doesn't touch him at all. But he has respect for the king. He has respect for the office, not the man. His respect for what God had done, not the man himself. Is the difference. David knew it wasn't hard for God to kill Saul. The Lord was able to kill Saul at any time he wanted to. Every breath Saul took was a gift from God. Saul could easily be killed. But God would allow a wicked man to kill Saul at any time. When it came to striking down the kings of the of Israel, God could do it in any way he wasn't, but David wasn't going to be that venue. He wasn't going to be that avenue. You are sure
0: Although our time is coming to a close for the day, you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Feel free to read ahead in the book of First Samuel and find more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. All of Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. You can even subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. Find links at our website. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. Well, we'd like to invite you to join us in person for Church at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Right now, we're following the Lord's guidance and remaining closed. However, we are still holding services online. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 on Facebook and YouTube. Just follow the links you'll find at assurehoperadio.com. We're also streaming our Wednesday service at 7 p.m. along with Bible study and devotionals each week. It's important to stay connected to church community during this time, so we hope you'll join us. Is there anything we could be praying about for you? Please let us know. Call us at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Would you pray for us too? Please keep Pastor Dave and all of us at Calvary Chapel Cape May in your prayers, that we'll be wise in our decisions, and that we'll stay in tune with the desires of Christ. Thanks for praying. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of 1 Samuel, right here on Assure Hope.